For those of you who saw my email that went out this morning, um, you'll understand that we've got um, special guests with us today to lead us in worship, a group called Mad Skills, part of Youth Hope, a ministry out of the Quad Cities. In a minute, Chris is going to come up and uh, introduce all those we'll be sharing with us. And we wanted to do this this semester in particular because we've been walking through the Psalms. We've been watching and experiencing through the creation of pottery on stage, through photography, through different voices, the ways that we interact with God in an authentic way. We've listened to voices throughout the ages that have done this, compiled in the Psalter. And we're going to hear from voices today who will speak in, in modern mediums communicating the same timeless wrestling with God and the ways that we experience him and the rest of the world around us. So please join me in welcoming, and I'll open them up with prayer to come on up, but um, mad skills um, to be with us today. Let's pray. Father, we each have breath. Because you've given it. You call us into being and then you put yourself in us. Father, we thank you for the gift of life and we thank you for voices in all of their kinds. Of every tribe, tongue and nation throughout all the ages. And that you teach all of us to be able to proclaim your name. And that each generation owns it for themselves. And speaks anew of your promises. Father, allow us to hear you through these voices as guests with us today. And affirm within them as they speak that your spirit's work in them is the same spirit at work in us. Father, teach us as they take us into your presence today. In Jesus' name, amen. I no longer believe that God has changed me. This is the one truth in life. This world is just a product of chance. How can I believe that God will use my life to make a difference? I know without a shadow of doubt that hope has left me. I can't believe that I thought that youth hopes makes a difference in my life. I know now more than ever I am all alone in this cold world. I must have been a fool to think that they really care about what I'm going through. The staff and volunteers always tell me, Jesus will be there for me during my darkest hours. What a lie, the streets can and will meet my needs. It is just stupid to say God has always been there for me. I finally realized that no matter what I do, the truth is Jesus doesn't love me. How can I believe that God is for me when I feel like all hope is gone? That was my story before. But now Christ has changed my life upside down. When I feel like all hope is gone, God is for me. How can I believe that Jesus doesn't love me? The truth is, no matter what I do, I finally realized that God has always been there for me. It is just stupid to say the streets can and will meet my needs. What a lie. Jesus will be there for me during my darkest hours. The staff and volunteers tell me they really care about what I'm going through. I must have been a fool to think I'm all alone in this cold world. I know now more than ever, youth hopes makes a difference in my life. I can't believe that I thought hope has left me. I know without a shadow of doubt, God will use my life to make a difference. How can I believe this world is just a product of chance? This is the one truth in life. God has changed me. I no longer believe that I am hopeless.
Every move I make, I make in you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe like it might be my last. My God, why me? Since I was an infant, your love caressed the walls of my lungs. Diagnosis, asthma. You spoke to me. Now I scratched that you spoke through me. Verbal pictures of exhales and poured purified O2 and filled my two O's. That's oxygen boss, God. Your fingers guard and grasp together like a perfectly pieced weld like oxygen bars. Why? Why am I slowly being suffocated by the muscles of my airways? Have an asthma suck, man. No, really. Having asthma sucks the happiness out of my soul every time I do physical activity. But I'm still here, right? I'm still here, right? And with your strength alone, I'm lifted up and out. And when I die, you'll frame my lungs like a diploma. I just graduated to new breaths. I can overcome anything. Because when I exchanged my carbon dioxide for oxygen, I exchange my weakness for God's strength. My breaths are steps towards living a life without having to gasp. After every breath, I wonder. Cousin of mine, shackled and slaved by pills. Her slave master, Albuterol, noosed the inhaler puffs around her neck. She's dead. But in my last days, engrave my spit on my tombstone to show the work I've done to receive a stamp of new on my soul in the beginning. The genesis of my days, flipping gracefully through my pages as God narrates my story, I know. The revelation of me will end with one last breath. What's up, Dort? Yeah, gonna get some energy going in here, hey. My name is Chris Britton, and I do not want to take up a lot of time talking because we got a lot more of that stuff. Is that cool? A lot more of that stuff going. Amari has been a part of our program ever since he was down here. Actually, one of his first poems that he ever did was called I'm Short. And uh, luckily, he hit a growth spurt, so he kind of retired that poem. Uh, but. Uh, Sometimes we wish that uh, some of the kids that come to our ministry only had things like asthma, right? And, and as we look at that, he did, he, he's been a part of our, our math skills team and our poetry team for a long time. And what we found through our creative arts ministry at Youth Hope, uh, Youth Hope, we're a ministry we've been around in, in the Quad Cities area for over 85 years or something now, right? I was not there when it started, <laughs> but... But uh, I brought someone that was kind of close. Was, uh, okay, maybe not. But Mark Drake's over here. And somebody, Aubrey Drake, is she in the house? Aubrey Drake over in this room? Right there. That's like my sister. See, it, it, when you look at her like, what? I'm like the chocolate chip off the old block. <laughs> Long story, but that family, like I grew up with that family. I got love for Aubrey. So, fellas, like you got to 
like meet me and some of my guys. And but all right, enough about that. She's already turning red. So <laughs> she's like, I love you, Aubrey. But we are so excited to be here um, to build snowmen with you later on or something like that. It might be like a snow tornado coming through here. It's all good though. Cause you know, we even talked about a plan later. If we all get snowed in, we'll do like some more poetry. Like we'll be here all night, like just to hang out and kick it. But uh, we are, are excited to be here. And a lot of the kids in our ministry, they go through a lot of different things other than asthma. And when we go to new places, I always like to do a couple disclaimers first. Spoken word poetry, if you're not familiar with it, the best way that I can define it is poetry that's not meant just to be read off of a page, but to be experienced like live. Imagine just reading that, right? You don't get that full, like, he really has asthma. Like, sometimes I'm praying, like, please, I hope he doesn't die doing this poem. For real. That's why he brings the inhaler. Last time we did it, he didn't have the inhaler, and we was just praying on the side, like, man, you know, this is going to be a crazy performance if something bad happens. But... But seriously, uh, the kids get to connect with some of the things other than asthma, like, like not having fathers or um, never seeing their father. Uh, you'll get to hear another poem later on from Amari where he'll come out and, and you'll get to understand a little bit more than asthma that he was dealing with. And we hear a lot of things uh, from these students in our poetry that just started, starts to leak out once we say, hey, why don't you write something that's on your heart? I never tell them what to write. But these things, God brings these things up, and we kind of have a, a cool, corny name to go along with it because our desire at the end of the day is to bring youth close to the hope of Jesus, and hence our name, Youth Hope. We bring the hope of Jesus into these poems, so we, I get to talk them through, like, what do you think, like, you know, God calls himself a heavenly father? And some of them are like, wow, I never thought about that. Let's, let's start thinking about that and let's put that in the poem. And so you'll hear some of the things tonight. A couple of other things that you'll hear tonight is we recently did a, 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 an event called Verses where a lot of the poets actually played characters from the Old Testament. So you're going to be hearing from Elijah today. He's going to make like fire on the stage or something like that. And you're going to hear from Gomer uh, in the book of Hosea. And you're going to hear some other poems. And I'm like super like just looking forward to it. Um, First, I want to introduce you to a, a guy from our ministry. His name is Paul. And Paul, when he landed on the shores of our ministry, him and I did not see eye to eye. And he got kicked out a few times because of a lot of reasons I won't go into. But I'm more happy to talk about who God made him, him into today. This kid has, has now serves with me, works with us. He's been a CIT, a counselor in training at our camp. He's leading his own discipleship group with teenagers now, and God's done, a, done an awesome work in his life. So we're going to check out this video. This is an intro video, and you're going to see Paul Bellori transform into Elijah from the Old Testament. So check out the screen. If I can describe Elijah in one word, I would say he was brave. A lot of stuff he had to do was by faith. He had to trust in God a lot. God dried the land for three years. Elijah had to trust that God was going to provide for him. And God asked him to go back to the people who were trying to kill him. He had to have a lot of faith that God was going to take care of him. My writing process uh, was first, I chose Elijah and I had to do a lot of study, four months to uh, study, listen to sermons, read the Bible over and over, I read commentary, I collected all the information and took out the main points and then I just started writing. I made like 10 edits, trying to keep the word in there but make it fun. Sometimes we act like the Israelites who are ignorant and who turn their backs from God. The main point is that God is still there for you. God is still loves you. He's there waiting for you to acknowledge him. Just like the Israelites, after 400 years, God said, I'm still here for you. My name is Paul Bellori, and I am Elijah. <laughs> My name is Paul Bellori, and I'm Elijah. Elijah all the way. Hey, My name is Paul Bellori, and I'm Elijah. I got too excited. One quick disclaimer I was going to say, hey, this is like we want some real-time interaction, so we practice a couple things. Can everybody snap real quick? Everybody say amen. amen. So they can, you guys all can react in those two ways by default, all right, in real time. 
So what I mean by that, if you're feeling something, if there's a line that really hits you, you don't have to wait all the way until the end and be like, yeah. All right, you can be like, because you're going to hear us. We always do it, right? So I like growl sometimes. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. So, you know, I showed you two ways by default that you can respond in real time, but you can just feel free to, I say, sometimes it's like being in a black church, right? You just get to, don't get too crazy. <laughs> All right? But, you know, have fun. It kind of shows the, the poets, too. They feed off of the energy, right? Sometimes it's hard just to perform, and people are just like, You see how awkward that was? All right, don't do that to us. <laughs> but all right, Elijah. I've come back with vengeance to warn you and tell you that there's consequences for breaking the sensual contract between you and your father, how long will your double dust between two different options of the Lord? Is God, and then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. I have been sent by the true creator to stand upon this mountain of a stage today so you can witness the power of your Lord, the father of Abraham, the father of his command. Even lions couldn't touch Daniel, the father who sent David forth to slay Goliath. But let's cut the bull. You. I've worshipped false gods, the desires of your flesh have caused you to harm yourselves. You're exhausted. God never abandoned you. He shadows you, waiting for you to acknowledge him. He has sent me a prophet so you can properly witness his power problem. I number one. 350, I walk with the faith that my Lord will never abandon me. I have witnessed his power. For time, for three years, he dried this land and stayed provided for his servant. It seems the bear has abandoned you, called down fire from the sky to burn this bull, and we should see if he's a true creator. You dance to blank CDs day after day, expecting your results. Prophets, you have gone insane. Prophets, shout louder, surely he's a god. Perhaps, perhaps he's daydreaming and needs to be awakened. Or maybe he's taking a party break. I can only imagine with all the boo he fits on day after day. Or maybe, just maybe, he's taking a vacation. I heard that hell was giving a discount these days. From the morning, you cry louder and louder. Your idols have called you to harm yourselves physically and mentally. You're exhausted. Come to me, and I will show you the true creator who will lift all your burdens. Your father, who art in heaven, has been knocking on your door. So please unlock your doors. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit set these bulls and the hearts on fire. Again, let's pray. Ah, thank you for giving us breath. To draw day after day, although we sinned against you, God. God, I know we're all sinners here, God, and I just pray that you lay your hands on us, God, that you crucify your son so we can live, God. And I pray that we all turn our backs from sin and acknowledge that you're a God, that you're the only true God. And that we leave this stage, this mountain, God, knowing that you, you're the creator. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This bull, this bull is soaked in drips of miracles. Fire falls from the sky burning this bull and you can see, you can see, you can see that my God is a God above all. Israelites, Israelites, you're played. The game of double dust for way too long. So please, please today, choose whom you'll serve. But as for me, as for me, I will serve the Lord. Thank you. That was pretty good. It's all right.
The next poet that I want to introduce, her name is uh, Diamond. And what you're seeing is a picture. It looks like a mess, doesn't it? It's not one of your rooms, OK? This is not one of the dorm rooms right now. But uh, one of the traditions that we have at Poetry Practice on Wednesday nights is we throw stuff. But it's with a purpose. We borrowed a tradition that we got from dance choreographers in dance studios in urban settings. Sometimes if a student goes out and really like does an awesome job, it's custom for them to throw their, like that, to throw their shoes. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Paul prayed for fire and we got shoes. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, we, so we throw stuff when somebody really just like goes all in and then when, you, when, when all the shoes are thrown, there's water bottles, there's soy sauce and a, Sharpie, crazy. So this young lady that came in, her name is, is Diamond, and she always was quiet. Uh, she would just kind of listen, and she was one of those like, I'll never get up there, you know, I'll, I'll never do anything. And she came one day, and we just opened it up. Does anybody want to share anything new? And she got up there, and this happened. And you're going to hear that poem right now. But don't throw anything, please. Can I throw some? I don't know if you feel like it, I guess. but. <laughs> Diamond McGowan. I was that girl that sat alone, quiet in my own little corner population, me, myself, and I. Silence was a soundtrack to my life, my friends. Where the shadows that lurk behind you, my name would often get spit on by my peers, for they not know who I am. So I would sit soundless, with my head held down and nothing to say. I was always a shy and quiet type who liked to stay in the background. That's where I felt most comfortable, but it didn't matter how far I got away from my enemies, they were always there following me, calling me names like dirty diamond, and they would even laugh and question me on what soap I used. When they would walk past me, they would grasp my hair and jerk it back. My hair follicles felt like screaming. But I feared if I told, they would only pick on me like crows peck on dead animals lying in the street. But all that did was push me farther in my corner. I thank God, I was, I was never the one who thought about killing myself over what few people said over and over about me. It wasn't worth theirs or Satan's satisfaction. So I began to do what young Christians do. I prayed, not knowing God was just building me under pressure to form a beautiful diamond. He opened my eyes to new sights. I embraced myself with love from others, so God, Friends and family, thank you for finding me in my corner, transforming them into doors of opportunities. And Lord, help me for the rest of my days as I walk through them, for you can do all things but fail. Thank you. I tell you, I get to hear these poems a lot, and they still mess with me <laughs> a lot when that comes out. Isn't there something real about that, right? If we can connect with that stuff. Uh, anyway, sometimes it's hard to be an MC and just, let's go to the next one, let's go to the next one. But let's go to the next one. <laughs> you got to keep it going, right? Uh, the next poet. Um, I just had asked her, and, and sometimes it's hard to keep track how many foster homes that she's been in since she's been a part of our program. And I just asked how many, and she told me eight so far in her life. She's been in about eight foster homes. And she's a junior in high school. Uh, she considers Youth Hope her home, you know, her family, and the poetry team. Interestingly, when she joined the poetry team, she, she came because of a friend invited her, and she really didn't want to participate as much. And um, sometimes in our ministry, sometimes discipline actually is one of the best forms of love that we can show 
because we show them that we're not willing just to put up with anything. And unfortunately, I had to discipline uh, Zanea, Janea, sorry. She was like, say it right, Janea. We call Nene. Everybody say, hey, Nene. It's just fun to, to say that. <laughs> All right, so do that. But um, so Nene was, was coming in and it was a hard decision. I was like, because when we have to take discipline with some of our students, we don't know if they'll ever come back. How many people in here receive discipline like very well where you're like, you're right, I'll change up right now. Right? So that's what I thought. And uh, so I said, hey, Nene, I, I, you're not really participating. You're just kind of sitting around as a spectator and it's not really helping the group. So you can't come for the rest of the semester. You can come to our other programs, right? So before you guys are like, you are bogus, why'd you kick her out? She could come to our other programs, but she couldn't come to our poetry program. So anyway, later on, uh, she had asked a question uh, via Facebook and said, what, what do I need to do to get back in the poetry program? I said, I don't even know if you really wanted to be in poetry. You know what happened last time. Tell me what I need to do to be in poetry. I said, well, come back to practice at the, end of the, at the beginning of the semester in January with two new poems. Two new poems? I said, two new poems, and you gotta, I don't wanna read it, but you get up in front of the group and do it. And she did it. She had two poems, and this girl has not stopped since. And uh, yeah, so I wanna introduce to you, and this was a few years ago, and now she's been on our poetry teams, and she's performed in front of a whole bunch of folks, and this is one of uh, her poems, and it's called uh, Soundtrack of Heaven, and put it together for Nene. to sing. It's a blessing when my words spill out. Some say my voice sounds like the soundtrack of heaven, a grin spreads full of passion. Singing is my remedy, inhaling every beautiful melody that surrounds me. I exhale slowly. When I lift my voice, my tongue plays twister, spinning all words into sweet, soft tunes, vibrant like water lilies at midnight bloom. How beautiful is the gift of song? My heart hops, jumping to the beat, making my soul dance faster and faster, going to the rhythm of my core as it pumps the bass in my blood. My hands shaking like an earthquake, pushing all the words out of me, but I remember God gave this talent to me, so I form my words on his thoughts so they can be wise. Placing my eyes on the true star, I marry the thought again, birth to new life through song. That's what keeps the foundation of this gift stable. Everything is silent. Like when Jesus calmed the storm, he rebuked the wind. He said, quiet, be still, the storm died. So when oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. As I locate time, I realize sometimes I'm wasting it. So Lord, help me to speak out, sing out, show what God gave to me, because I'm tired of chasing time, because time sure ain't chasing me. I bet you if I still wear it on my wrist, I still lose track. Once I press play on these tracks, I'm gone. When I hear the sweet, soft melodies, it seems like God is whispering heaven to me. God has given me a great ability, fulfilling me, hydrating my whole body, if I, was to, if I was to lose my voice, my soul would feel like crumbling into nothingness. Tears blistering down my face, leaving evidence marks of my sorrow. My voice is part of me, so I will use it the best of my ability. I will sing my creator out with my captivating voice with joyful noise so everybody can hear what talent the astounding father gave to me. So thank you, Lord, for giving me the gift of singing. For you are my song, and as long as I shall breathe. And I will always love you, I will always love you.
My name is Alyssa. Um, we just had a show a few weeks ago called Versus, and I'm doing a poem. Oh. My character was Gomer, so I'm doing a poem as her. Okay. <laughs> broken. Fallen to my knees, Hosea. You have loved me even though I am unclean. Been unfaithful, you're still chasing me. Lusting for other men, drowning in my sin. Being used by strangers, unable to comprehend your love for me. Consumed by these men, locked deep in this prison. Unable to break myself out of this wrong, betraying you with my disloyalty. Instead of hating me, you love me unconditionally. I close my eyes and dream of the day I need you more than anything. This pain in my heart, you take it away from me. You married me despite the things I have done. Sleeping with men off and on. Somehow I feel it's wrong that you love me when my innocence is gone. Turning myself into this thing of pleasure for men all along. Sleeping with these monsters, knowing it was wrong. My body being bruised. It feels like a noose I can't get out of. It's hanging me, killing me on the inside, making me feel I can't go on. You bought me from the auction block, showing me your undying love. I was broken, disgusting, filthy, unworthy, but you're loving me like I did nothing wrong. I used to ask myself, why? Why would you show me this indestructible love? Asking how you could give up a life of purity for a life of shame just for me. Asking how someone like me can have love from someone like you. I used to have these doubts. But now I'm starting to see the way you love your God. The way you obey your God's commands even when the world feels it makes no sense. Understanding now that your love for me is like your God's love for you. Understanding that you love me because your love for your God is so faithful and strong. Realizing you are the love of my life, wanting to learn how I can love you as much as you love me. I want to be a good father, but look where I've gotten so far. I wish I could flash back memories of us memorizing the alphabet, but a boy could doubt every feeling, father figures gently gesture gaunt, goings going to the black is hot, my glock loud like this pack I got so your metal gear better be solid if you snake me, gee. Jeez, gee, I always end up getting stuck on G. I hear you do poetry. And now you speak on a stage and make your breaths steps. And make your breaths steps into living a life without having to gasp. After every breath, I wonder, I wonder if you've written about me. And now sometimes you probably... You probably sat at home sometimes just wanting to be left alone because deep down you really know that I'm not at home, I love you. And tell your mother I love her. And because of that, I wish I can change the rules of mathematics. 
and make us three into one. Your mom thinks I'm a zero. But your, and your older brother does too. But that doesn't add up. My actions were subtraction, leaving me to be the negative one. So what does this equal? They say, like father, like son. So if this is true, then joining your father makes you negative too. I don't know what I would say if I'd seen you. I'm glad to finally meet you. I can teach you. I know, I know my life's only been about that money, man, so let me at least give you these two cents. Don't be like me. <laughs> now I finally realize why you love video games so much. I was the first RPG you ever seen because the role I played was G. Being a first-person shooter always turned heads into split-screen, no multiplayer. No. You and your brother have different mothers. Don't be a multiplayer, my son. I was upset with your mother. I thought when it came to us, she showed neglect. She just didn't want me to bond with you. Between glass, I have to see her ex in a box where the only thing I could do is wave to connect with you in your life. Level up your character. Upgrade your perks given by the true creator. Do not forget. Your primary weapon is your, pres is your presence in anything you do. And I hope, I hope one day for you to grow up into more of a man that I have always never been. Love, Dad. in the perspective of my father. And uh, pretty much my entire life, my father's been in and out of prison and jail and stuff like that. And, uh, and I think, and I think be, um, growing, up, growing up with Youth Hope has changed my entire life. I've been going to Youth Hope since I was five years old. Like little, like, and um, just, just being, just being with, with I, I, Chris. I call this man dad. Like, I call him dad. Y'all understand that? Like, <laughs> like, um, just these people God has put in my life. Mark Drake, Chris, Dave Hodge, just uh, a whole bunch of different people at the center. Dave. They've shown me that, that through, through Christ, I, don't, I mean, my, having, a, having a father is cool, but an eternal father, that's, that's something way different, you know? And, like, <laughs> and I, I just want to profess to y'all that, like, um, just mainly to the, to the fellas, you know, and like this right here, when you have Jesus, that, that does not prevail. That, that should not, that will not. When you have Jesus, that, that right there, that, that, that's a no-go. That's, that's, it is finished. Famous last words. <laughs> and...
Um, so uh, last year we had the same class, same global biology class. Um, and our teacher gave us a project uh, to do a project on uh, air pollution. And so the choices were like do a skit or a poster and we just happened to be math skills so it was like let's do a poem together and the teacher was okay with it. So we wrote a poem on smoking and how it affects other people and you. And uh, we, had, we did it, the teacher loved it, we did it for the whole science department at our school and then we ended up doing it for the whole school department for the whole area. He's gonna be playing the cigarette and I'm gonna be the person. I'm pretty sure they can Just to let you know. I'm pretty sure they can tell. They're gonna tell. I can't breathe. My beating machine is constantly failing me. Every time I lift your precious body full of nicotine and inhale, I push myself closer to lung cancer. I remember. Mommy, how at age 13, she tried you for the first time. Now she's addicted and her addiction changed into dehydration, but instead of water she couldn't live without was that daily high that quenched her thirst. Her thirst had became my thirst. And this addiction of mine sticks to me like Velcro. I risk giving kids secondhand smoke because of you. Because every second I wrap my hands around your corpse, I begin to smoke. What do you have to say for yourself? You blew my light. Trusting me, my lies. Testing sweeter than honey, deceiving I was. The smoothness of my body made your blood cells harder than still. Made your blood harder than still. Your brain cells, I saw little fit on them for lunch when, when Pressure was a problem, I was a solution, and now, now I'm, I'm addicted, addicted to you. you. Your sweet, soft body always consoling me when I'm lonely. I don't care that I'm polluting the air around me. To you, and your soft lips kiss the tip of my forehead. I could feel the chill in my body as I slowly burned away. Words could never describe my love for you for the short time we had together. But, but now, now I have a confession to make. Father, Father forgive me for I've sinned. sinned. For my, my true intention, intention was, was never to, to love, love you, but to Nick, a tin I could get my hands around. Because of your lies, 443,000 people have died. Slowly, I pollute the air around you. The oxygen you breathe is no longer oxygen. It is my pathway, letting me travel the world freely. I have left my fingerprints over 8.6 millions of people, and that's only in the U.S. I've caused over 34,000 heart disease, 7,300 lung cancer every, every year. year. And these numbers that keep on increasing, I'm small, but, but don't, don't underestimate me. me. I, I will kill you. Disguise. Acting like you love me when you're actually suffocating me slowly. Don't get it twisted. I always loved you, watch, I always loved you suffocate to death. Nicotine slowly running through my veins. I realize I can't take this anymore. You're tearing me apart. I heard you're, you're good, good at pointing fingers. fingers. So, so let's point. point. You have abused the very gift given to you. Who are you to just me? You made a hobby to tear families apart. Over 500, over 5 million people died because of you. I'm no killer. Just, just a, a ticket, ticket to, to escape, escape your problems. problems. So don't, don't blame, blame it on me. me for I'm nothing without you. you. I now realize that, you, that my actions are tearing me into pieces. But now I have to break free for I no longer want to be your slave. Just like Romeo and Juliet. Love never last forever, but thank you for loving me, and I hope that I have blown your high. I am cigarette, slowly, slowly softly killing each and every one of you. you. You must realize that smoking not only affects you. Look, Look around. around. Are, Are you, you willing, willing to sacrifice, sacrifice them? For me? Because every time you wrap your hands around my body, you're killing one, one of them. them. Take, Take your pick. So the next time you inhale me deeply, Say goodbye to your folks because my good friend Death will be waiting on the other side of the smoke. Give it up for all the poets, all the poets in the house. Yeah. So, I know we're about almost out of time now. Is that right? It's good, it's good. So, what I'm gonna do is, uh, cause there, there's one more piece, but I do not wanna go over. 
And uh, is that okay to do one more, or should I wrap up? Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. I just want to be respectful to the time. I know some people might want to eat or something like that, too. One of the things that I get asked a lot is, uh, Chris, how do you uh, remain hopeful as someone that's been working full-time in this area for over 10 years now? How do you remain hopeful in these situations? Uh, this poem that I'm going to close with is called Portraits of Hope. And uh, really, it's, it's my heart. It's a little of my testimony mixed in. These are uh, stories of two uh, students that were coming to our ministry at the time. And there were several other stories that I, I started to hear from people that were coming to our youth centers that were just crushing me. And there was one point where I was like, man, I don't even know how I could even share, you know, you, just crazy situations. And uh, the poem was really too sad. It was like 10 pages long, and I'm like, nobody's gonna sit through that. So I picked two of the stories, and uh, hopefully when you, you'll hear, the hope really entered when I looked at myself and my heart and found the common denominator that I have with all the students, just as you might be saying, like, I don't have anything uh, to relay with these students, and I would beg to differ because we all need Jesus's hope, right? We all need Jesus. And that's where I really found my connection with the students is like, I was at a point where I was desperate and I needed Jesus. And they're at a point where they desperately needed Jesus. So let me do this, Portions of Hope. I never thought of myself as a paintbrush. Cause I mean, I'm a youth pastor. But I happen to work in a city where teens move in the speed of need. And oftentimes, I see it's common for our kids in our community wear smiley faces as masks. So one night I'd ask, God, what would you have me do here? And his response was, Chris, I want you to be a paintbrush. As you sit in your youth center, I will transform it into a museum where daily I will ship you broken canvases. Chris, speak life into them. So people started to come to the youth center. Teens started to come with stories that were hard to hear and they would always bring me down to my knees and their stories like these of violence. A young man comes into the youth center, tired and says, hey bro, I'm having a hard time sleeping. Yeah, too much Call of Duty? No, nah, man. You know my friend died last weekend. That night, at night, I'm hit with vivid images depicting that night when shots rang. Me and my boy was at a party, at a house party, listening to music, dancing with every step, wondering what song the DJ would play next. Chris, it was a gun that sung a song of death. The bullet whistled like missile and tore through his flesh. Chris, Chris, how can I go to high school and concentrate on school and test if I'm always watching my back wondering if... Next. Shayla comes into the youth center with a broken number two pencil and a spiral notebook, and she says, hey. I'm like, hi. She said, I'm about to write my man a letter. And I said, so? He's in jail. And I was like, oh. But then I remembered. I remember this guy. He used to come to the youth center, not short, not tall, but he used to come to our youth center to play ball, and I remembered this guy had a really bad temper. After our program, I was driving her home and said, can I ask you a question? Do you ever get mad and like hit you? And she smiled and said, I wish he would have hit me. But sometimes when he would get mad, he would cup his hands around my neck and he would just choke me sometimes, she said with a smile. And I'll never forget that night. I planted my knees in the carpet in my daughter's room beside their bunk beds and I said a prayer. And I said, God, how could this young girl painted in the image of God every morning be burdened with bruises because she lives with no recollection of a father ever brushing her with a touch of affection so she's learned to accept this abuse and abandonment. And I had this weight on my back that my God could only power lift, and he did. He did by showing me, me them, my, my mentors, my memories of when I was a teen, I had both parents that did everything that they could 
But it still didn't stop me from wanting to be a boy in the hood. See, my American idols were gangster disciples and vice lords were our rivals. But deep down inside, I, I didn't want to be a boy from the hood. I was a scared boy trying to understand manhood. But, but God sent my broken canvases, paintbrushes in the form of Mark Drake and youth pastors that listened and invested in me and collectively directed me to heavenly ecstasy. And now I can go back to the same community with the hope that I know, a hope that I could show and I could go in front of a youth group and be like, yo, life's not like a casino, y'all. It doesn't matter what cards or chips you've been dealt at any point in your life, you can have Jesus Christ and receive his help. They say that pictures are worth a thousand words. And my prayer, and I'm hoping the ones I've spoken won't just show you pictures and frames that are shattered and broken. Because let's face it, Dort, without brokenness, how could any of us be made whole? Our God, our creator, longs to use us, his people, as paintbrushes to create portraits of hope. Thank you so much for letting us come out, take a little bit extra of your time. Thank you for the poets. And uh, if you would allow me to, I would just like to pray before we go. God, thank you so much for the gift of spoken word poetry. Thank you, God, for this creative art element that has turned into worship with words. And we ask, God, that uh, as we go, Lord, that what we heard today is hope, the hope in you that is real. Your word is alive and well. And, guys, you are doing things in dark places, and you are letting your light be known through these teens. And we thank you for the gifts that they have, and we pray that they'll continue to impact the world. We thank you, God, for the, the hospitality of Dort and letting us just kick it with them all day. And we pray, Lord God, that we'll have a, a, a great rest of the, the time here. So thank you so much. In your name, we pray. Amen. Tonight, these guys are going to be ministering to all the different youth groups of the community who will be meeting together. So say a prayer for them in regard to that as their ministry continues both tonight um, and beyond. Um, one more time on behalf of Dort College. Thank you. You're dismissed. Have a good night.